0: What is going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State. I'm your host, Josh Raley. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I hope that you have been outside enjoying some of the beautiful weather that we've had. Uh, I don't know about where you are, but it got up to almost 80 degrees uh, here. What was that? Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday I guess it was. Almost 80 degrees. I spent the entire day outside a little bit of time hunting with a buddy a little bit of time outside hanging out with the family and uh, man I am so so ready for spring to kick into into high gear it feels like the cold weather and just the dreary gray sky has held on for forever Um, but I've gotten a chance to get out now a couple of times and chase turkeys around and Uh, I'm ready for some sunshine, I'm ready for some warm temperatures, I'm ready for the birds to be gobbling and uh, ready to get out and do some fishing. So, yeah, anyway, I hope you've been doing all of that stuff as well. Um, Like I said, here recently I've gotten to get out for a couple of different turkey hunts. I almost got one with my uh, five-year-old son. Uh, Well, he almost got one. We, uh, We went out one morning and actually uh, set up near a roost site, but, um, the turkeys just weren't there. They, uh, it was was all quiet, uh, on this piece of property. The birds were like two properties over. We could hear them gobbling, but we did not have access to them. And so, uh, we went down to one of the other farms where we had permission and we saw four strutters out in the field and, uh, grabbed my son. His name is Sutton. I'm like, Hey buddy, you want to go chase one of those turkeys? They're way, way out in this field. You know, or do you want to try to get one? He was like, absolutely. So, we jump out of the car. I grabbed a full strut decoy. Um, you know, they can be really, really effective this time of year. And as we drove past this, uh, past this cornfield, um, these turkeys were all strutting and then chasing each other around and fighting around in this field, uh, trying to impress these hens, obviously that are out there setting the pecking order. And so, I thought, man, let me grab this full strut decoy. I'll set it out. And we'll see if we can't get uh, one or two of these toms to come in and respond. So uh, we grab all of our gear. My son gets right up behind me. We sneak using the terrain uh, to kind of stay low. We sneak through this field. The birds don't see us until we get out on this high point where I wanted to set the decoy. And uh, no sooner than I, we crawled out onto this little high knob to where the the birds could finally see us. And I put this decoy up. And next thing I know, the hens start coming our way. They see... The the strutting Tom decoy up on the hill. They decide that's the guy we want. We don't want these four jokers that are here uh, chasing each other around and fighting. So the hens start coming our way, and me and my son we have no choice but to just stay put. Next thing you know, the hens are gosh seven eight yards from us. I mean they're they're circling us, and I have this camouflage netting that. You know, we were so exposed when the birds started coming, I just kind of draped it over us. And so it just looked like a tom strutting in a field with a big green and brown camo lump behind it. So anyway, the hens all come over and eventually that gets the attention of the four strutters. They, they stop fighting with each other and they realize, hey, our hens are gone. So they start coming our way and they're gobbling the whole way. And uh, finally, they come up over the hill and they're coming right at us and they get to 15 yards And uh, we didn't. We we've got this little tripod that I've been uh, helping my kids shoot on, and uh, they're not real comfortable yet uh, shooting freehand. They've they've shot this uh, 410 that I bought for them strictly on this little tripod. And so we're out in this field. We're pinned down behind this full strut decoy. The birds all come in, and they're 15 yards away. They're they're checking out this full strut decoy trying to decide if it's worth going up to him or not uh trying to decide what in the world this blob is back behind it in the meantime i've gotten the gun up for my son and i'm holding it on my knee and he's trying to squat down and look through it and real proud dad moment um as we're sitting there my my son can't get the red dot on one of the turkeys they're bobbing and weaving and moving their heads all around and he just he just can't get settled on one and so he doesn't pull the trigger Uh, but at one point we, we, he's been fighting a cold and at one point he coughs and all four of these birds gobble right in our face at, you know, 15 yards. So, uh, the kind of, the kind of gobbling volume that just rattles your chest. And so absolutely fantastic experience. They finally ended up spooking. We couldn't get a shot off, uh, got back to the house, started talking with my son. I said, Hey buddy, you know you said you couldn't get the red dot on on the turkey's head, so where, where 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 were you getting it? Like, show me with this thing over here. Like, how close were you? And he showed me basically he had been able to get the the red dot like right next to the heads and stuff before it would move. And so, uh, you know, real proud of him that he he made that call. Hey, I don't feel like this is a this isn't a comfortable shot. I'm not sure of my target, and and so I'm not going to take it. But then I also got to have the conversation with with him like, hey, buddy, with a shotgun. You know, close enough is is close enough. So, uh, anyway, hopefully that will not happen again next time. Hopefully, I'll be able to get him out again. Uh, his uh, tag is actually good here in a couple of weeks, so we'll hopefully get him back out. But after that, I had uh, the opportunity to take a buddy of mine named Scott uh, out for his very first turkey hunt. So I, I'd love to get him on uh, here at some point in the next couple of weeks and kind of break that down, but we went out to the same property and uh, had birds all around us. As soon as it, uh, as soon as it started breaking daylight, birds gobbling all over the place and, uh, thought it was going to happen. At one point we had a hen come out, uh, in the field and she drug a gobbler right along with her, but he just would not step into the field. He stayed right on the edge of the wood line on the opposite side of the field and, uh, stood there and gobbled and strutted and gobbled and strutted and, uh, he, he just wouldn't come out. I, w- I was able to get some good video of him uh, kind of through the trees there a bit, but uh, he never would come out in the field. We tried to chase him as much as we could, but on this particular property, I really don't have permission um, beyond like the first five or six yards of of tree line. So I, most of what I can hunt is is the field and just a little bit of the tree line all the way around the field. And so uh, we weren't actually able to go after him. We we able to get around the other side of the property and strike him up again and had him goblin, but he just wouldn't, would never commit. And so, uh, we decided, hey, let's go drive around. We'll, we'll look for some strutters in some fields. We'll see what we can find. We checked every single field, property that I've got permission on, and we could not find a bird out in the field. They were just desolate. And I'm talking, this is you know eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. That the fields are just empty, which is odd, because here lately I've been seeing birds out all out in the fields, uh, all the way up until noon. So we decided, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over to this little piece of public, and I know of an area where turkeys roost on this piece of public, but I've never hunted it for turkeys. I've, I've kind of always kept it in my back pocket, so I was like, hey, we'll hop over this hill, we'll go over here close to where I know they like to roost, and we'll just see if we can strike up a midday bird. And by this point, it's like 11, 15... We get back in there. Uh, I start calling a little bit, nothing. Call a little more, nothing. Finally, we get sort of deep back into this piece, you know, probably a little over a mile into this piece. And I call. We're, we're probably 150 or 200 yards from where uh, there's a, a really just well-used roost tree. So I call, and boom, turkey fires off gobbles, probably 200 yards from us maybe. So we go running and gunning through the woods trying to track this thing down we had started our morning off in a blind you know that was kind of his scott's first introduction to turkey hunting and then now we're running and gunning kind of through this marsh timber mix uh back and forth and we actually sneak within um probably 10 yards 15 yards of an of another turkey couldn't tell if it was a jake or a him but it, it ended up working its way off and uh we thought this uh this gobbler was coming in. And he just wouldn't commit, wouldn't commit. He'd gobble at everything that we did, every call that we made, he'd gobble and uh, was stuck. And so we decided, you know what, we're either, we're either going to bump this bird or we're going to kill this bird. Um, because, you know, it's, it's the f- season A here on, on public ground. Like if this bird wants to play, he's probably going to get shot sometime in the next couple of days. If he doesn't want to play, hey, we've got to go home anyway here in just a bit. So let's go see if we can make something happen so we go chasing after this bird and man the thing just shuts up it goes silent uh not another peep out of it we couldn't get him to gobble for anything i don't know if we bumped him maybe we did i don't know if he had hens with him or what but he was just locked tight on this spot that uh, he had been gobbling from wasn't budging and uh, as we closed the distance he just shut up and so um anyway after that we had to go we had to come home and um that was it for for scott's turkey hunting season he's not going to be able to get out again but uh yeah hopefully i'll be able to get him on here in the next couple of weeks and kind of ask him about his experience and you know sort of how he processed the whole thing being a first-time turkey hunter and maybe how what we did didn't quite jive with uh what he was expecting but um anyway all of that to say i am super pumped for this wednesday season b starts here in the state of wisconsin When this podcast launches, that means it will be tomorrow that uh, season B starts. And I've got a season B tag burning a hole in my pockets. I cannot wait to get out. I am pumped. Um, I've got several properties that I've been watching birds on, including one. And uh, hey, reach out to me on Instagram and let me know what you think about this. I've got one property in particular where there are probably close to a dozen Jake's and one long beard on this property and the long beard has run around with these jakes quite a bit this this spring and i've been watching them but i observed some really strange behavior the other day every time the long beard would start to strut the jakes would come up and just start kicking the crap out of him i mean they would just start letting him have it and then he would he would just stop and he would walk around and as long as he didn't strut they were okay with him but as soon as he went in to strut the jakes just all sort of all sort of started getting after him, and so uh, yeah. If you've observed that kind of behavior among turkeys before, let me know. Uh, what would you do? You got these dozen bully jakes on your property. Um, are you are you shooting one of these jakes? I, I've never shot a jake before. I've only killed you know handful of turkeys, whatever in my life. I've only been turkey hunting for about two years now. Uh, this is my third season actually. Uh, haven't killed a jake yet, so kind of wondering. Might this be the year that we need to kind of go ahead and throw the Jake break because these guys are obviously very territorial and uh, I don't think any gobbler is going to be doing much on this property so long as they have kind of run of the place. But anyway, so that's been my turkey season so far. Looking forward to getting out on Wednesday. Cannot wait. Like I said, this tag is burning a hole in my pocket. We have got a uh, great episode in store for you today. This is the second part. Uh, my conversation with my dad uh, if you listen to last week you know my dad grew up hunting in the up of michigan and uh, in this episode we're going to talk about uh, our time hunting in alabama and some of the key differences between the hunting club culture of the south and the deer camp culture of the north you would think they'd be very similar but they're actually very 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 different But before we jump in, uh, I do want to let you know, this episode is brought to you by Overwatch Outdoors, makers of the Transformer and Orion tree saddles. It is turkey season right now. It is fishing season right now. I know a lot of you guys are probably not at all thinking about deer, but let me tell you, if you're going to be jumping into a saddle this fall, now is the time to go and buy your equipment. You need to get the time to uh, practice and get comfortable in your saddle. You also don't want to end up waiting in line in June, July, and August wondering am i going to get my gear in time for a september opener right so if you're interested in a saddle head over to overwatchoutdoors.net give jamie a call he hand makes these orion saddles the orion is by far the most comfortable saddle i've ever sat in i love it so uh yeah go give it a try or at least give jamie a call and see if a saddle might be right for you and uh last but not least i i want to um well i guess i can't say too much this week but i've got some really Really big news to share with you all in next week's episode. Something that's huge for us. Uh, By us, I mean me. Uh, (laughs) As a show host uh, for the Wisconsin Sportsman. Um, Really big news to share with you all. And I can't tell you what that news is yet, but I do want to take this opportunity and just say thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every one of you that tune in every single week. Uh, I never could have guessed how well this podcast would be, uh, received. I mean, I, I knew people here in the state of Wisconsin love outdoor recreation. They love hunting. They love fishing. So I knew like you guys would dig this, right? But uh, at the same time, I never could have guessed how many downloads we would be getting, and I, I never could have guessed sort of the excitement around the podcast, and and how many people would just tune in every week and and show their support. And so because of that, we're starting to be able to do some really cool things as a uh, as a show. And um, yeah, can't wait to share with you. Uh, Next week, But I did just want to tell you right now, thank you so, so much. Your support every week means a ton. So with all that now out of the way, here is part two of my conversation with my dad, Brian Sutton. So there are a lot of differences between a hunting camp up north and a hunting camp down here. Yeah. Quite a few differences. That's right. Um, And we were in a, of, as the way clubs go, we were in a good one.
1: We're in a very good one. But, oh my goodness, it is politics. It is politics, it is secrecy, it is uh, everybody, some clubs may do more bonfires and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, they all head for each other's campers, their own campers, and shut the door, go to bed, get up at 4.30, draw for a spot to hunt, and get on their four-wheeler head out there and don't tell a soul where you're hunting.
0: Yep. You see anything? Nope. Nope.
1: And we fell into that trap. Yep. I, I was heavy into that trap. But uh, it never was the same. Killed some nice deer. And, yeah. And you had opportunity at some beautiful deer.
0: I did, man. I I wish I could have killed some of the deer. I, I still, the one morning, <clears throat> it was during the run, I'll remember. I looked down, it was a sunny morning, it was cold, it was frosty. I remember looking down, I had this watch that you'd bought me, and I put it on the old ladder stands we used to sit in. And I I had a hard time staying put, so I put that on the little rail of the shooting, of the ladder stand. And I looked up, and it was like 7.30-something in the morning. And it had been daylight for a little bit at this point. 7.30-something. And I nodded off. And I wake up to the sound of... Scurrying around underneath me, and a beautiful white horned buck had chased three does down into this little SMZ bottom area, and this is Rutledge's one of Rutledge's stands down yeah. at, down at thirty, right? Yeah. And they're running all around, and he's grunting at them, and he's dogging them around and everything. And my gun is laid across the little bar, and I grab my gun and I go to put it up, and he sees me, and uh, doesn't care. But he realizes the doze had just run off because they saw me too. They're they're like running under. Remember there was that briar patch right under the stand. Yep. They had run up into the briar patch to get away from him. Yeah. And they saw me move. They run off. He runs off after him, grunting and all kinds of stuff. And I looked down at the watch and I think it was like seven thirty-five. So in, I had dozed off for probably three minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. Yeah. And uh, man, I'd have loved to have that one because he was just. His body was huge. I mean his his rack was huge or was nice, but he's just a big deer.
1: I learned I learned in Alabama don't go to sleep. You can't. And uh, in Michigan I'd go to sleep. I'd go to sleep and heartbeat was freezing to death up
0: there as a little kid.
1: <laughs> I remember Charlie's brother took me up the railroad tracks into the into the railroad workers' stands <laughs> and put me to sleep. And when he come to get me that evening He's looking, and he woke me up, and he said, how come you didn't shoot that deer up there? I said, it was a doe. He said, I don't care. You should have shot it. I do not even know there was a deer. He just saw me sleeping. <laughs> but uh, but he, anyway, he just... Uh, That's he, funny. Uh, down here, I've, I've uh, learned that I've missed many opportunities, and you have as well, by taking that nap. So yep. I, I refuse to sleep on a stand anymore. And now that I'm in a tree, some oh my goodness, uh, I you know you don't want to go to sleep anyway because the dangers of it. But yeah, yep. uh, a good good afternoon nap in a shooting house is uh, is fun. But, it's hard uh, to beat. That's hard to beat.
0: Hard to beat. It's but good rest. So we were in a, we were in a good club, a club that killed good deer every year, every year. A club with some good hunters in it. Yep. There are some guys in that club that knew how to kill some deer.
1: Fantastic hunters. And
0: I'm talking guys who were killing in Clark Wilcox County. Alabama. Yep. 120, 130-inch yep. deer. That's right. Not irregular. Not we probably irregular. had a we probably had 125 to 130-inch deer a couple of them killed every year. Yep. 2, 3, something yep. like that. Real nice deer. Real nice deer, wide yep. wide racks. That's right. Um and and had good deer movement. I mean, we could mm-hmm. we would see deer quite a bit. Yeah. You know, it was did. a good it was a good spot, but yeah. but you're right that politics thing just Changed yeah. the whole dynamics of it, and people were so secretive, and so we felt like we had to be secretive, and there was no camaraderie. And I'll, I'll never forget, we were – I shot a four-point, which is a legal buck.
1: Legal, and the club, yeah. state of Alabama, more than legal.
0: More than – yeah, way legal yeah. for the state of Alabama. Legal for the club, yep. my second buck ever. Ever. You know, and we go hang it up in the shack, and a guy comes by, and he's like, how much did it weigh? And Deer weighed 122 pounds.
1: Oh, they had to know how much everything. Worked.
0: How much? How much that weigh? Yeah. 122 pounds. That's not bad when you think about it, because really, a four points not much, not much, not any different than a spike. Yeah, yeah. Now today, as an adult.
1: But you were just a kid,
0: man. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. You were just a kid. Like, who you were... are you? I'm. I'm. Fifteen, sixteen. I might have been fifteen. Probably sixteen, probably sixteen,
1: or or it might have still been fifteen,
0: but yeah. either way, it's like yeah. man, come on, yeah, really, and then of course that guy goes shoot a spike and pay his fifty dollar fee or whatever on purpose, yeah, <laughs> yeah, on on purpose, and it's like uh, anyway, but yeah, the the politics just it the the dynamics of the club. Now there were a couple people that I feel like we could have been in a club with and had a good time. Yeah,
1: the, there's there there's some nice people. Yeah. Right on their own, they're nice people, and they there's some giving and nice. I shot that seven point, the narrower seven point there. Uh, if you remember, it was uh, Martin Luther Day, King Day weekend, and it was frigid cold. The wind was blowing. It was in the teens. Drive a four wheeler into the club, drive a four wheeler back, and it was cold. And I, I had my warmest clothes I could find on and we had quality clothes by this time. Yep. Yeah. I was a, I was a, I was a Cabela's. Uh, I I had, I, I helped Cabela's a lot.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, we had bought some good windproof stuff for riding in and out. I yep. mean, we were, we were hooked up.
1: Yep. We were hooked up and, uh, and I was still frigid and that deer, a little doe come down past me and, uh, and that, Went into the pine trees in front of me, and that buck chased it out, and I shot that buck. And on the way out, I met some of our hunting buddies. On the way in, it was about eight thirty and uh, nine o'clock maybe. And he looked at the deer, and it's a little narrower. It's but it's still a nice seven point, a very tall rack.
0: Yeah, it's. And, I mean, um, probably thirteen wide.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just it was mature. It's kind of heavy. Yeah. As I look at it, and uh, so it's what three, three and a half, four year old deer.
0: Yeah, I'd say at least three and a half.
1: And uh, and so yeah, it's nothing to nothing to write home. It's not going to break a record, but it's a nice deer. Yep. And it was cold, and I wasn't sitting any longer.
0: Yeah. So, and, and a deer you have no business passing where at where we're right. at in Alabama. That's right.
1: In Alabama you shouldn't pass on that deer. No. And uh, and the one below it that I shot last year from the house not the house but the property here is similar to it and that's considered a really nice deer and where we're at
0: that's a monster here at the house yeah
1: and so the comment was yeah i saw that deer and i passed on it those are the kind of things that you like am i having fun is this fun are people happy and, and 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 it's really not and I had already bought I, th- I hadn't bought this place yet but I was close to buying a place and within a couple of years we had bought some and uh, we pulled out of that club you were in college yep and, yep uh, it was getting harder to get you as a as a, to hunt with us because it was far away plus it was uh, it was uh they had really strict rules about that yep yep and I just wanted a family environment so we went up to a different area in Greenville and hunted it and it was a disaster they messed with your stands and those people were crazy
0: Oh my gosh I forgot about that place yeah, yeah we yeah. so what that was a 1500 acre place yeah that had been had been owned by an outfitter yeah Christian Creek Outfitters that's right is what it used to be called and they'd Much killed a lot of potential on this property. And you should have killed a monster. And I should have killed a monster on this property. I, i oof. God, that hurts still. Yeah. I remember texting you when I missed that one yeah.
1: on a rainy, very uh, warm and uh, foggy evening.
0: Yeah. You remember what happened? Alabama was whooping Auburn. Yeah. Cam Newton was on Auburn's team that year. Yeah. They came back from behind and had just scored the winning touchdown. And I'm listening to it on the radio. And I look up and there's a monster standing in the field. This little strip of green patch in the middle of these pine trees. And so as soon as I look up and see him, he's got his head down eating. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. This is great. And I feel that wind blow right on the back of my neck. And as soon as I do, his head pops up. Mm-hmm. And it's like now or never, my gun's not up, so I reach down, grab my gun, throw it up as soon as I'm on him, pull the trigger, yeah. and nothing. Yep. Missed him. Yep. But anyway, so, yeah, we, we joined that That'll club. That'll
1: be the lesson to you that football and hunting don't mix.
0: I, I just quit watching football. <laughs> <laughs> I fixed that problem. I just quit. Just leave football alone. Just forget all about it. But, but, yeah, so we got in that club, and people started, I mean, people moved our stands around. They would mess with them in the tree. They loosened
1: one of yours, I believe.
0: Yep, loosened up one of my straps that I had yeah. for the old Summit hang-on stand. That's right. Loosen the strap, turn, turn the sticks around, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. They We went in one morning. They had signed out with them and their family members' names. Every shooting house, it was a rainy morning. That's right. Every shooting house. So I went and sat in the rain, got back to the camp house. Nobody had hunted that morning. No. They made a special trip there that morning. They lived in, one of their brothers lived in town. Yep. He made a special trip to the hunting club. Just to sign it just up. Just to sign it all out yeah. so that nobody else could hunt any of the shooting houses that morning.
1: That's right. And uh, and we, 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 we stayed there one year. Yep. It was the most miserable hunting we had.
0: You killed a nice buck, though.
1: I killed a decent buck.
0: You killed a five-point that was a four-and-a-half-plus-year-old deer, yeah, right? It was. He might have been a five- or six-year-old deer. Yeah. He was big. But you know what
1: happened to that deer? What? It, 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 the hunt. The hunting club was so unmemorable in my experience, and so I was so unhappy with it. I put it out in the barn with, with the other scrub deer that never made the wall in here. Mm. It was a nice enough deer to make it. Yeah. I just put it in the barn. I yeah. hated, I just hated that place.
0: Mm. And yeah. uh, couldn't Ru- ruin the whole the experience. Ruin
1: the hunting experience.
0: And he's probably, I mean, if I just had to guess, that might have been one of your older deer that you've killed in Alabama. Yeah, probably I mean, right. Big body, big neck on him. Mm-hmm. Nice deer. Yeah. yeah.
1: Really nice deer, but I couldn't care less about it. Mm. Not, and, and so, you know, why do I hunt? for the memories that yep. it makes. And, and uh, as I get older, the memories are different. It's not so much killing deer. It's more, you know, can the grandkids, When are the grandkids going to be old enough to hunt and, and take with me. And what are we going to do when they come and, and get to hunt? I can't save the deer for them because my neighbors will kill them at 9.30 at night. <laughs> Some of my best deer <laughs> go off camera about 9.30 at night. I hear a bang. I said, man, I think that buck probably just got it. Yeah. But, um but that's, that's uh, rural Alabama, and uh, take it or leave it. I, I love where I live, and, and uh, the opportunity it gives me is still great. But, and, and I'm okay with all that. I, you know, it's, it's not right, but I'm okay. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't get all feisty about it. But. So then we moved. I found a piece of land. You were you were living, I think, in Louisiana. And I found a piece of land up by Selma. And it was beautiful land, and I said, Joshua, I found this land. I sent it to you. Said, that's nice land, but I don't think I could ever make it up there to hunt. Uh, I was still thinking about getting, it. and I was like, No, he can't hunt. And then you found a place off Henry Davis Road, just up the road from the house. Yep, yep. And I said, and that's that's probably the happiest day, of your mama, because uh, then I hunted from out of the house. From that point on.
0: Yep.
1: And uh, didn't hunt our property exclusive, but I hunted from the house because uh, I could drive there. We could drive there. We hunted that. You had uh, had some good opportunities.
0: and uh, Shot a decent buck. Yeah. We didn't find him. We didn't find him. I took a full frontal shot at a pretty steep angle. I was pretty high up in a pine tree. Yeah. Took a steep angled frontal shot and. Didn't drive it enough up into him. I think I caught just the bottom of his chest. But. We
1: stayed in that club for two years. And I made, the, I made the commitment that I would just put more into this land and hunt right from the house. And I never looked back. I have invites all the time. <clears throat> One of my best friends, he's, him and his brothers hunt their family land. I think they have 400 acres. And it skirts up to some scotch land. And, uh, so it's, it's, and I up in good area, you know, up there in, um, Clark, Clark County area. And, uh, I can't bring myself to go. Hmm. I just, uh, no, because you know what, uh, if I do hunt in the morning now, which I, I, I like to go some in the mornings, um, I never walk out in the dark. I get ready and it's daylight, I open the garage door, close the garage door and, And uh, whether I'm climbing a tree or sitting in a house or something, usually in the morning I'll climb a tree because it's pretty cold mornings. Had a little more, needed a little more motivation this year. But once I'm up the tree, I look around and it's crisp and I'm sitting there and, and it's just a really beautiful place to see. And I get down, I come in the house, change clothes. We might go out to lunch, your mother and I. And uh, and then come back. I might watch a ball game. I might uh, take a nap. Four o'clock. No rules. You remember the hunting clubs. you got to be on your stand by three o'clock. You cannot come in and drive down that road. You'll scare all
0: you, the deer. Yeah, you couldn't be driving the road and, after uh, three o'clock. Oh, my goodness. It was a big deal. Now,
1: you know, it gets dark, quarter to six or so. I'm like, yeah. About four o'clock I'll head on back in there because the deer don't come into the fields till yeah, it's around five o'clock. And uh, I've skirted out there quarter to five before and sat down just in time to see him coming in. That didn't bother him a bit. <laughs> they don't care what I do. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, just, uh, i come and go when I want and, and I do what I want. And if I see a deer I want to shoot, I'll shoot it. And if I see a deer I don't want to shoot, I, I saw... That deer I shot last two years ago, I saw its younger. It had to be its son. It was probably a year younger than that deer was when I killed it. I never pulled the trigger on it. Was uh, I saw? I'll try to let it grow one more year. Man, if I see it next year, good. If neighbors get it, it, it is what it is. Mm. And uh, it's typically what happens around here is you let one walk, and and between now and the next year, one of the neighbors will get it. Yeah, I had a beautiful. 10 or 12 point at the feeders. Beautiful buck. Biggest one I've ever seen on the second biggest one. You missed the one's biggest one. Actually, well, you hit it. I was about wounded. to say.
0: But, and, uh, and for for the record, I hit it, and we got a good. picture of it. Yeah. Why didn't that deer die? I don't know. That's what I want to know.
1: Well, it did later. and It we'll, did later. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But uh, this was probably the second biggest deer we had on this proper beautiful buck. And... Uh, it was the night before bow season started. I was <laughs> getting ready to go to bed. I was about to sit down on the bed, and I heard, kapow. I uh, said to Miss Helen, your mama, I said, I think that good deer just died. She was, you think? I said, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we have any more pictures of it, but probably. Never saw another picture of it.
0: Man, and how how regular had you been getting him up to that point? Oh, It was nightly
1: nightly you know, daily you know daytime I, I best time to hunt on this property that i was sitting on is to kill a buck i kill a doe any day I, i'll have 15 20 does in a field yep. at times and sometimes i'll have four or five but you know, sometimes i'll have 15 or 20 i've counted them and uh, is the first two weeks of bow season and the last two weeks of gun season, yep. that's your best time to kill. Now, you can kill some bucks in between, mm-hmm. but that is your prime time to kill um, a nice buck. They just go nocturnal, and they go somewhere else because they don't hit your cameras very often. Nope. nope. And uh, that's about when you had wounded that nice, that's the nicest buck. It was a 12 point, I think.
0: I think he was a 10. Was it? I think he was a 10. I can't remember, but he was big. Yeah. I mean, he was... Sixteen, seventeen inches wide, I'd say, yeah. I mean he was a nice deer for oh om-
1: here he was the best one I've seen.
0: He's probably the nicest one for anywhere, yeah. and yeah. he and his buddy came out
1: a lot nicer than the one I got hanging over
0: my head he he's he was nicer than, than that one and That's that one's painful mounted painful to say, and that one's a full head shoulder mount yeah. deer, and uh we knew this one was coming in. you told me to go in there and get after him. Mm-hmm. And his buddy came out first. He, had, he was running with that smaller seven-point. And I say smaller seven-point. His smaller seven-point brother would have almost made the wall. Yeah. yeah. With
1: I told you to wait.
0: And you told me to wait, and I did. And he came out, and I don't know what happened. I shot him. He wasn't too far. We found my arrow right away. We found a spot where he stopped mm-hmm. and bled out of both sides. Yep. We found blood had poured from both sides of this deer and we never did find him. We oh. tracked him. We called your buddy. We tracked him forever and ever. We tried to get a dog. We couldn't get a dog to come in cause they didn't want to mess with property line issues yeah. and all that. The neighbor ended up shooting him in December.
1: I January. shot him in January.
0: January. So I shot him in October. Mm-hmm. I think it was this, I think it was the second weekend of season. Yeah. And I, I shot him that year w- with archery equipment, and then the neighbor shot him in January with a rifle.
1: It was near the end of the season. He uh, I heard a kapow. It was right in front of my stand. I, you know, we're hundreds of yards apart through woods. But he has a stand down there by the swamp on his property, and I'm sitting up a mine, and I hear kapow. And then I hear a scream, Yeah! <laughs> And I was like, hmm, "Old, old call him Shine, old Shine must have shot him a nice deer." I don't know the man that well, but my buddy knows him well.
0: Yep.
1: For y'all in the South, it's good to have a redneck that has a shady past on your side. Yep, that's you right. Get a lot of stuff done, <laughs> and I have a buddy that's a redneck with a shady past. And uh, yep. trust him as much as I can trust a son. But he's got a shady past, and he knows all the shady people. Yep, yep. So if I have a stand stolen, he has a good idea who took it. If I <laughs> want to know about a deer being shot by somebody that might not like me, he'll find out He'll find me. it out. And he, uh, not that this guy doesn't like me, I just don't know him. Sure. And uh, But he went, and he said, he said I'll find out. Because he was helping us track that deer, yeah. He said I'll find out, and he said, sure enough. He said, but that deer was so full of gangrene. Mm-hmm. He said he had to discard the deer. Yeah, it was. He said he didn't know how it was still alive.
0: Sheesh. And, uh,
1: that was uh that was interesting.
0: And we we got a picture of that thing, and that that shot looked.
1: Yeah, it came back to the camera. I think a week later, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, and same it, spot.
0: And it. I mean. It didn't have a real big hole in him necessarily, so I don't know if. And I was using mechanical broadheads at the time, so I don't know if it just didn't open up, or, or what happened.
1: Why it didn't die, I have no idea. Why
0: that didn't, I mean, it was right behind the shoulder. Yeah. But,
1: but uh, it was, and uh, it's a mystery.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's uh, just unfortunate, but. Uh,
0: but you've been hunting here now for exclusively for five. How many years?
1: I don't know. when did you graduate from uh, Southeastern?
0: I graduated Southeastern in twenty twelve. Since then, I think I think I was in Louisiana when we were in the club here.
1: We in Baton Rouge, or we in Louis? We in Southeastern? I
0: think I was in Baton Rouge. Okay, so I, I think we were. I think it would have been twenty because we had Hadley. When I was in, when we were in the club here. So it was probably 2015. Maybe.
1: You had Hadley then?
0: Yep. That last year.
1: Okay. That last year. That had to be my last year that I hunted at a club.
0: Yeah. So you've been here for seven years exclusively, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Hadn't looked back.
1: No. And, and I don't miss any of it because why do I hunt? I hunt for the memories. Yep. And, and I don't really hunt to kill deer. I, I, It's a stress. It, it reduces my stress a great deal. I'm, I can think. It, it gets me away from my work. Uh, the ladies that work for me, they, they want me to go hunting because it calms me.
0: So, <laughs> they say, Brian, you need to go hunting.
1: <laughs> one of them says, did you catch any deer? Because she can't stand the the thought of a deer dying. Yeah. But uh, she'll eat a hamburger in a minute. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's the deer dying uh, part that she's not big on. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, it, I can thank of course, sometimes they didn't like me when I had email on my phone. They really didn't like it because I would stay connected and I'd come up with an idea. How about, and, uh, so they're better now that I've disconnected from. I took the email off my phone.
0: Yeah, nice. And nice. Uh,
1: and I'm disconnected at work, and I'm much more less, much much more stress free, much better. Yeah, much better for me. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I just uh, I have uh, never looked back. I've had some invites to some very nice places. Some I can't go because it's conflict of interest with my work, their customer or their vendors and uh, and you just can't cross that line. yeah, one of them is um, a, a, a friend, but he's he still owns a a, a company that uh, I do business with and I can't cross that line. You've been to his club once, but
0: yes indeed we have we've <coughs> been there or I've been there and but boy, uh, I'd love to go back.
1: That's beautiful. I get invites every year to go there. And I have to say no. And that's the only one that's tempting. My friends is tempting, but not really, because it's. they have more of a maybe a family-oriented, and they would get along. They put me in a good spot. But they have rules. Oh, yeah. uh, You know, don't shoot that deer, because it's got history with us or whatever. I don't want to shoot one of the deer if it's... Gonna hurt their feelings, yeah. I, and I don't want to have stress of not shooting a deer or shooting the wrong deer and feeling bad. And I just look, I can go back out here. I can see twenty does, have a good time, come back in, sit down, eat some dinner, watch a little TV with your mom, and we're off to the, you know, we'll do what we do, go to church next day. So yeah, that's what we'll do.
0: I think that's one of the one of the cool parts about here is. You know, you're not you're not hunting here to shoot a hundred and forty inch deer. You know, that's that's not what you're after. No, no. Um but you know the property well. Mm-hmm. You know what you can expect, you know that you're probably if you'll hunt if you'll hunt the first two weeks of the season for bow season, mm-hmm. and if you'll hunt the last two weeks and you'll do it seriously and smart, you'll probably get a crack at something at a buck that yeah. You'll you'll want at least Euro mount and throw yeah. up on the wall. That's right. Um and in the meantime you're gonna see a ton of does. Mm-hmm. If you needed to shoot a doe, you could. That's right. You know, and at this point the does kind of just ignore you.
1: Oh, I walk out of the field, they just watch <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> watch you leave in the evenings. Yeah, they yeah.
1: do, they do. That. It's 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 funny. The beginning of the season, they run like crazy. Yeah. They go, I I get out of there and they're gone. You see, their, You see, there. If you shine the flashlight into the field, you just see their eyeballs heading through the trees. And uh, by the end of the season, they're all standing there looking at you. They don't even get out of the middle of the field. Yep. They just watch yep. you, and you walk right on past and go to the house. And two, three hours later, they're in the backyard eating eating grass and corn. Yep. And uh, and and watching the dogs bark at them. Mm. <laughs> it's just yeah. Uh, I used to tell you, I think that they know my smell mm. and they're just used to it. Cause I'm back there. I've got a pond back there. We go fishing, well, I'm fishing, kids caught your young daughter Hadley. Yep. She got into something. I don't know what it was, but it broke her line. It's
0: a big fish.
1: It was off of a worm and a little, what is that? Cars pole. I think pole? it's cars. Yeah, little 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 two foot fishing pole. She got into something that was bigger than uh, that pole could yep. handle. Yep, snapped that line. Poor thing. <laughs> but that's right where one of the spots I see the most deer. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and so yeah, you walk out, and I, I don't fool with them. Your mother likes to give me such a hard time at the end of end of February when I take my week. Ah, uh, so. I'm a. This is my hunting camp this week. I'm going to hunt, and I'm not going to church. I'm going to hunt, and she just laughs, laughs at me. Okay, <laughs> you go hunt. You go get the devil's deer because it won't be God's deer because you're skipping oh, church.
0: <laughs> you go get the devil's deer, and
1: she oh, that's funny. she gives me a hard time about it. But it's a, I, I try to take that just that one. Uh, one hunt a year where it's a, it's a week and it's kind of myself. I'll take it off work and just kind of relax and and um, yeah. So it, I have that and I have you know, Thanksgiving weekend. I didn't even bow hunt this year, Josh. I didn't. Uh, I don't know why. We bought a we bought a camper and I think we were trying to get it ready to go and do did a lot of things. I, I was late to planting. We took a trip to Alaska in September. That kind of or late August, and that kind of threw us off on timing of preparing my fields. And
0: And your window here is, for those who are listening in Wisconsin, your window for planting here in Alabama is not like your window for planting in Wisconsin. No. You can very quickly run into its opening day, and we haven't planted yet.
1: Very quickly if we have a drought. I, I plant around the rain and projected rain, and it's usually very dry in... Um, October usually no rain in October, so in the past, and I'm going to stop it this year. But in the past, I would I would plant the last rain, last known rain of September. And uh, but it's a little warm, and I get a lot of weeds. Yep,
0: and and through. you you plant much before that. Anything cool season yep. fall food plot ain't doing it's well. Not
1: gonna, it's not going to survive. No. And so, I think what I'll do is plant the end of October. I used to plant in September so I could hit bow season. Yeah. And uh, we've had some droughts. Oh my goodness, we've had some droughts with that, and it didn't rain again till November. And I've had bare fields, but it'd come up hot—seventy, oh, eighty, eighty-five degrees, too hot. Yep. Anyway, and it was hot. It was a hot November, but it was dry in November. But we got a ton of rain in October. Mm. And so, I think next year, because I had I, I had a bunch of uh, weeds growing in the field. I mean, still plenty of food for the deer, but uh, it was also mixed with a lot of weeds, and I didn't like the looks of it. So I I, I told myself last year I'm gonna I'm gonna plant probably the end of October, yeah, and uh, be ready for opening day of gun season.
0: Yeah, just, well. And if you want to here, if you want to press it for bow season, now that you guys can use feeders, yeah. legally, you can bait them up pretty good, and
1: yeah, you put the corn spreaders out to them, and uh, or or the trough. We get we have the bears. If you put a bunch of corn out in a big pile, you'll end up with a bunch of bears coming.
0: Every That's night. something folks up north probably don't don't realize, and here in deep South Alabama, we have a lot of bears.
1: We do. We have a lot of bears and they will put you under the jail. Should you shoot one?
0: <laughs> like yeah, the, so. I guess we should include the, the one of the clubs that we were in down the road here. That's how that club <laughs> ended up taking over the large lease that they had That's right. was the previous club got busted shooting bears, shooting bears and shooting a lot of them. And they have
1: a lot of bears still.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: But if you put a pile of corn out there, and I've done a pile of corn out there, <laughs> they, will, they will lay in the middle of the corn. You remember I had that feeder up in front of the house, but 100 yards in that wood spot, and I got a picture of a bear. He was laying in it, yep. and he'd take, he was just shoveling the corn in, and then it went, I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes before the next picture. He actually went to sleep in there. And he got up and started eating some more. He just laid right there (laughs) in it and ate
0: and slept. Take a little nap in the uh, the corn. But
1: they'll 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 go to the the bathroom all around the corn pile, and it'll all just be yellow. And uh, so I switched up how I feed them a little bit. I I give them something I don't appreciate but the deer love, and uh, it's uh, rice bran. And, yep. uh, and the bear, I'll, I'll get a picture of a bear or two every year. They'll come and they'll they'll take a few bites, but then they move on and they go to somebody that does pile the, the corn up. Yep. So.
0: There's plenty of folks around here that will.
1: Oh, they maul
0: my neighbors, yeah, Man.
1: all it, over the place.
0: You know, one thing that, that I find interesting here on this property, you've kind of taken a different approach than some folks with, you know, a smaller whitetail parcel, let's say. A lot of folks will say, keep the pressure off. Don't don't walk through it. Don't look at it wrong. You know, don't, you know, be super careful about the way you're approaching it. Your approach is more along the lines of like a Lee Lakoski, or who's that guy's name that you mentioned? He's in Buffalo County. He's, he is responsible for the, for the.
1: The one I told you you should interview? Yes. Because he thinks like me?
0: Yes. He is responsible for the deer management movement starting in Buffalo County. I can't remember his name right now. It's embarrassing. I should know it. Yeah. But. Lee Likoski and him, they're, they're essentially, they believe I'm here all the time. Mm -hmm. I am normal to these deer. Yep. I am part of their everyday life. Yep. I don't treat it like I'm hunting this property. I come out here and I sit in my gazebo by the pond. Yep. And I fish by the pond. Yep. And I hang out with kids and shoot by the pond. Yep. And sometimes I just happen to be sitting in that little house over there and I shoot the deer that walk out. Yep. That's right.
1: <laughs> you and, know, uh, or in the very back, I, I can't chase them out of the field sometime. Yeah. But I'm back there all the time. My scent is back there all the time or it's up front all the time. They don't really. Now, look, if you're in a stand and they, I always have one or two every year, the smart doe. Oh, my goodness. They'll spot you <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> and and those are usually the ones that i say you got to die yeah and uh, so if i'm going to kill a deer i will target that deer and so if i'm going to kill a doe and uh no i just uh i have not seen where i chase them now i'll tell you when they disappear you hurt their feelings if you shoot one of their friends.
0: Yes, and I was just about to bring that up. And
1: and they will disappear. It's it's like you hurt their feelings. Yep. And uh, they'll they'll show you they won't show up for a few weeks. Yep. And, uh, but you know you shoot one early enough in the year by mid January they're uh, they're coming back in and they're standing in the field when you're walking off and they've forgiven you. It's yep. it's like a, it's like the dogs we have out back you hurt their feelings they go out and pout for a little while when they get over it they come back
0: (laughs) yeah that uh that last the last deer i shot here is a six point a couple years ago i remember shooting that deer and i stayed in the shooting house for a little bit you were hunting farther in the back right that evening
1: i think i was up front with your daughter
0: you were up front so basically i got out and was standing out there waiting on you and i'm other deer are walking out into the field Yeah, as I'm standing there with my light on yeah. and I just shot one mm-hmm. like they, I don't think they'd quite put it all together yet. You know, these deer just do not care.
1: It wasn't one of their friends. It was a buck.
0: It was a buck. So they didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't care, but, but you're right. They do. I, I don't understand it because you can walk through that middle field every evening, mm-hmm. bust all the deer out of there mm-hmm. next evening. They're back in there at the same time
1: same time and it's a it's a it's about um their natural movement habits because they'll come early for a week and then it might be late for a week and and so you know i say i've gone back there at 4 30 and you know sometimes they come out at five thirty, sometimes they're coming out at five after five sometimes five two, and uh, but it's a pattern that they're in Yep. and then they'll change that pattern just I don't know what it is cuz I'm not I'm not uh the one who is going to sit and study that stuff. I I, I just my mind doesn't work that way. You're the one that does that. <laughs> and uh, so if I if I wrote down everything and I'd give it to you cuz I don't want to pay attention. I don't even like reading, right? I have to <laughs> do it at work and I don't want to do it at home. That's right. And so yeah <laughs> I don't pay attention to that stuff. I tried to start 15 diaries on hunting here. And from detail to limited detail, I don't take the time to do it. I'm gonna sit down and watch a ball game. Yep. And uh, my mind's gonna go blank and, or I'll start thinking about work, but I just a diary is just not gonna happen. Yeah. You will document every moment of a hunt.
0: Yes, indeed. And
1: uh, we just it's a little different that way. So you could probably pinpoint why makes them change and weather and moon and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, and those bucks, that buck that you shot, I watched them three days earlier for the first time, come out into the field Mm -hmm. and I sat there until they left the field because I knew you were coming. I was going to put you on
0: them. Yep. And you told, you took note of the detail. You may not have written it down, but you took note of it. And you told me almost to the minute that that thing was going to step out. That's right. And I'm telling you, it wasn't two minutes after what you said, he stepped out into the lane that they have to cross to get into the field. That's right. And I was like, man, okay, it's yeah. in bad. But, but, but yeah, they were in that pattern. They were in that pattern at yeah. that, at that moment. And they hold it for, like you said, a week at a time. Yeah. And then they're on to something else. That's right. Uh, or their pattern changes up a little bit. They're never gone. You know, they're just a little bit different. Sometimes
1: but, I wonder if they're not there, but I, I've sat I've sat on that field and I'll I won't see a deer. And I'll be I I came back this just this year. I come back and there's two in the yard. Yeah. I was like, I saw more deer in the yard coming back yeah. through <laughs> and they go run off in a half hour they're back out eating in the yard again under yep. the lights. Yep. And uh yeah, it's just uh they just change up. All of a sudden you go a week or two where you don't see any. Yep. And then yep you'll have three or four days where literally 13 to 20 are in the field.
0: Yeah. And the the thing is when you get days like that, if you have multiple people, like we've had times that we've had, we've kind of been a little spread out Mm -hmm. and there were six or eight in the little field up front and there were 12 to 15 in the middle field and there were six or eight in the back on the cameras, you know, it's like, man, we had 30 something deer in here on, Thirty-five. Well, your acres. wife
1: sat in the front. I sat in the middle, and you sat in the back. And you two each shot a deer. Yeah, and uh, we all saw a deer. Yep. And uh, when they move, they move, and we saw a lot of deer that day.
0: And the neat thing, the one thing that I really like about your property and why uh, I would love to see us add that next door piece one day is yeah. be- because your front deer. That are in front of the house are not bedding in, nor are they the same deer that hit the middle field. That's right. And those are not.
1: Occasionally, you'll see them come up there.
0: Occasionally.
1: But they come right past the shooting house. You know which ones they are. Yep. Yep. But it's maybe three, four times a year.
0: Yep. And the middle plot deer are not the same deer that are in the far back. For the most part. For the most part. You get a little bit of crossover, but for the most part, they are distinct. The, and so if the if you get a that buck the back
1: come from about 120 acres behind us. Yep. They just walk across that property line. Yep. Coming through to the field.
0: Yep. And then the this middle field there it's like it, there's a swamp that runs through. Yeah. And it's like the deer don't cross it.
1: Yeah. But they do.
0: But, but Yeah, they they, don't. they do, but for some reason the the fields get taken over by certain doe groups almost and And certain bucks, and it's like, this is the group that uses this field, and the other ones won't mess with it. So the the,
1: the small field on the other side of the swamp on the north side gets deer from the north and from the east. The middle field, the one with the pond and the gazebo, I mean, it's a a a one-acre, one-and-a-half-acre field with a big two- or three-acre opening with pond and gazebo and all that stuff. It's where we were fishing today. Yep. And uh, it gets deer almost exclusively from the east mm. coming in the front field, and sometimes just in front of the house. It gets deer from the west and, or actually, to the south. They'll cross the road, and from the um, and from the west, kind of northwest area. So they're coming in, in a different, in a different way. And they just don't now right by the house. I don't know where they all come from. I don't know where those deer come from. They're kind of, that's one thing. I think the middle field and the front field combine on mm-hmm. and uh,
0: they'll both come into the yard. Yeah.
1: And, and you know, I'll sit just off the wood line from the house I've seen some nice deer coming across there, yep. and and a lot of them. And morning sits if the wind is right, it's out of the north. I'll sit there and and they'll they'll come booking across just outside of side of the house. Yep, and dogs will be barking. Sometimes I hunt and I go, them dogs are barking at something. Probably deer moving at the house. I am I'm way back here seeing nothing.
0: Man. Do you remember that uh, that buck that we got on camera that year? We've always hunted. The day after Thanksgiving. Always, yeah. Always hunted the day after Thanksgiving. Yep. And there was one year we decided not to get up. Yeah. The day after Thanksgiving. That's right. And we had an absolute toad of a buck. Mm-hmm. Walked just behind.
1: Never deer. saw that buck before. Never saw that buck since.
0: Never saw him since. And he wasn't the biggest racked deer. He was heavy, though. But he was heavy. His neck and shoulders were just giant. Yeah.
1: Heavy horned, yep. heavy, heavy deer. And he walked right across that lane that we probably would have sat in. Well, one which of, we not, had talked
0: about sitting you know, there. One of us was going to sit there that next morning.
1: Which is not 20 yards behind the wood line.
0: Yeah.
1: Where the back of the yard is. Yep. At the house. Yep. But he just cuts that corner. Yep.
0: Right between the, right between that middle food plot mm-hmm. and the yard. Yeah. Nice little funnel that that.
1: Yeah. creates and, and a whole lot of scrapes go on in there
0: yeah. in, in, the, in, in the
1: rut time where uh but right up there in the driveway you'll see a little pine tree that's been beat up pretty good uh right right just past the gate yeah and you i do not see that to your brown i don't know when he came <laughs> you know when the acorns are big you come in from work and it's dark You gotta almost shoot the deer out from the driveway.
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, I will say that is when you see a lot of deer driving in and out. But acorn years, heavy acorn years are tough. Yeah, here because we just we don't have a good stand of oaks necessarily. Yeah, where it's like here's where we're gonna go hunt all the oaks because they're they're scattered. That's right throughout. And if one's dropping. They're all dropping. That's right.
1: So the yard, which has a lot of oaks in it, that's a good spot, but they hit it at night. Yep. (laughs) They're in there. Dogs are driven crazy by them. Yep. The driveway, great spot. And you can actually hunt that. Yep. Um, Everything else is thick. Yep. It's got oaks in it. But it's thick and it's tough to hunt. I tried one year and I just spooked everything around me. Yep.
0: Understory thick with yawpon holly. Yeah. And the moment you go in and you clear all that out, well, that's just the oaks they don't use in the daylight. That's right. <laughs> you that's know, exactly you, what it you is. go in and clear it and it's. Just like the front. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It comes just like that's the front. exactly right. So
1: we, uh, I don't do a lot to manage, honestly. Um, your mother says selling she'll tell you in a heartbeat i'm not living on a deer reserve yep and uh, <laughs> this is our home yeah and we're going to enjoy our home and if i want to walk my dogs to your field and walk it around the pond and it might be the rut i don't care this is our home it's not a deer preserve <laughs> <laughs> and, and and all you can say to her is yes ma'am you're right yep.
0: Yeah. and uh, but she's pretty good around some of those key times she really is
1: and uh, and and, uh, and I have calmed way down my anxiety when she does it yeah because I just like the dogs go back there all the time with her she yeah. walks there all the time her and I were walking one time across the swamp I had a little bridge it's much better now less much less dangerous But uh, we built a new road a couple of years ago through there. It's always good to have redneck friends. (laughs) There's that old redneck friends piece again. With a little shady background, but you can get the (laughs) roads through swamps. But we went back there. We're walking and talking. It was before season, before bow season. And we turned the corner to go up to the field. We're just going to pull a camera. And her and I were talking, regular talk, walking. (laughs) And we turned the corner I said, are those buck's? She's like, because I, th- I can't see right without glasses. I didn't have glasses, and I can't see that well. She's like, yeah, they are. When we pulled the camera later. They were in there, and it was some eight points that we've been seeing most of the time. Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't even look up at us. Yeah, we just froze and and uh, turned around and went back and didn't didn't spook them out of there. And man, it, that's that's what I mean. You're back there so often. Yeah, and uh, I don't think they care. No. The deer in that field right now eating, uh, it, walking around,
0: they're doing what they do. Smelling where we fished, not caring.
1: Uh, yeah, guarantee it.
0: Man.
1: And uh, we were all over the backyard, and they're in the backyard probably right now. Yep. So if I didn't have these earphones on you, i hear the dogs barking.
0: <laughs> these are pretty nice headphones. They are. Yeah, you can't yeah. hear a whole lot it's outside. pretty though. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, thanks for coming on this episode of the podcast. I, uh, text you. I can't remember when it was a week or so ago. And I said, Hey, you know, we've got to record something while I'm down there. Right. Uh, so I, yeah, started this crazy podcast thing a while back and haven't had a chance to, I don't know that I've been, I've been to Alabama once since I started the podcast, I think.
1: I think you were starting it. I don't think you had started it.
0: hadn't started it quite yet, so
1: and so glad yeah. listen to it and and you're doing a great job
0: yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We'll see uh we'll see what the future holds with it well, we hope you uh,
1: continue on and uh it's always' it's fun to been on. It's nice to have this conversation yeah and uh, hope that uh hope that uh you know you continue your success with it and your hunting and uh I don't know. Maybe I'll get to Wisconsin and hunt. So I, I'd be more probably available to hunt in Wisconsin than I'll ever get to hunt in Michigan.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah. Uh, just because you all are there. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I I've done my best. You've seen the pictures of the deer. Yeah. That I'm and you've seen the video, the daylight videos that I'm sending you during during the rut. Yeah. Of some big deer. Yeah. Of some really big deer. But it's cold up like there. Like tanker-sized deer. Yes. So I've done They're, all I can do. They at are this point. big. That's your all. Your mother, I
1: can. your mother, really thugs. Um, you're you're heading up there, aren't you? You can't wait to get up there, right? And I was like, it's hard to get me out of South Alabama. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Uh, well, the good news is, cold. Good news is, if you come up, we'll have you hunted the rut and back home in time for rifle season here.
1: That's bow hunting.
0: Right. Oh yeah, you'll have the bow hunt up there. Yeah, you have to pull out the old. I
1: have to blow the dust off of it.
0: Yeah, well, you could always get a crossbow too. No, fling some arrows at no. them.
1: I just give up. Nothing wrong with if you're gonna crossbow hunt, <laughs> sure, but, uh, but I just, um, I'm just, I'm, and and I didn't always hunt with a bow. If you remember, I I got a crossbow. To hunt that front field because we didn't have a big tripod stand. Yep. Yep. And so it was, and I didn't want to shoot that direction without because it won't go down. I didn't feel comfortable. Yep. So I made it either a shotgun with buckshot or crossbow, and then I got a big stand that shoots down and it's in a very safe direction and it's much better. And so I scratched that idea, but I, it got me to buy a bow. And, then, and I've killed some deer. I've killed the nice uh, that buck over there.
0: Yep, that nice six point. Yeah, and I say six, but he's heavy, thick, he's mature heavy, thick. deer.
1: And that's my that's my rule here, Josh. Is if it is a mature deer. Yep. Uh, you see the you see the one with the messed up side. Yep. That's a very old deer. He is. And that's just my rule. It doesn't matter the size of the horn. I just don't want to shoot a young deer. And, uh, I don't care if you do. I don't care if you do. I don't care if the grandkids do. I don't care if my neighbors do. I don't care. I'm just not going to. Yeah. And it's just a personal thing. Yep. And, and, uh, so, you know, that's, that's about the only self-imposed rule I have. Other than that, it's what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. I. I not illegal. I obey the laws, and um, but it's 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 none of that uh, politics. Like you cannot drive down this road after three o'clock, or we are going to tell you you owe us a hundred dollars. Yep. And by the way, we have a meeting the last Sunday of the hunting season, and it's mandatory that you be there.
0: Yep. Look, and oh, I, we we would have let that deer walk.
1: I sit, I sit in seven meetings a day. The last thing I want to do when I go hunting is sit in a meeting. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> and uh, I know that everybody has their own little hunting camps and hunting camp stories. What I gave y'all is an example of a northern Michigan, upper peninsula type hunting. Some people do it out of tents, and it's just a, you know, they might do it out of a hotel room. And it might just be them and, and it might just be them. It might be them and a good friend or something. And in Wisconsin, I think they have similar type things. It's family oh, yeah. or good friends, but it's not paid leases typically. And yep. in Alabama, it's typically paid leases for the ones that can afford it. And yep. I, I'm telling you, there are some expensive hunting clubs in Alabama, 15,000 a year eleven thousand six thousand ain't paying fifteen thousand dollars a year to kill a nice buck every year i go out west and kill an elk for fifteen thousand dollars a year
0: yeah
1: if i'm gonna spend that kind of money which i why yeah i I spend you know some money here to plant and and uh that's not what drives me yep and so but But I gave some examples, South Alabama or all of Alabama and kind of the southeast. Yep. And versus what it's like up north in Wisconsin is the same. I know there's some variations of every bit of it in between. Yep. But uh, that's that's been my experience.
0: Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's one of the things that, um, you know, growing (laughs) up here and you talk about the Upper Peninsula deer camp and then going up to Wisconsin, moving up there and hearing people talk about their experience at deer camp. And I still know a lot of guys now that their whole family hunts on 20 acres yeah. of northern Wisconsin land. And they got public land around, but a lot of these guys hunt on their family land. Right. Right. You know, you got six, 10 guys on 20 acres of property. Yeah. And they're all along the property boundaries or whatever of it. And, it, you know, you ask them, what'd y'all kill? Oh, so-and-so got a, got a six-point or an eight-point this year. Wait, there were eight of y'all. Yeah, John got a deer. Yeah. What do you mean, John? <laughs> you know, you know, it's just, just a very different world that the deer is not why they're there.
1: No, they're there for fellowship. They're there right. to, for companions. They're there for fun. If they're drinkers, they're drinking, they're having fun. If yep. They're not drinkers. Then they're not drinking, but they're having fun. They're, yep. they're with family. They're with friends. And, and, and people will take off nine days in Wisconsin. Yep. At least the first week of Michigan. And, and, uh, that is that is an event yeah oh my goodness when i was in school you take a gun to school because you might go hunting after school and <laughs> now you of course of course going to your school to pick you up take you hunt and i had guns in the truck i was like oh my you can't have guns out of school land i said shh let's go
0: <laughs> my my school might have been one of the last <laughs> ones you could get away with it
1: it might have been it was a little bit of a redneck school uh, yeah but uh but that's that's People took it serious, yeah. and, 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 but it was about fun and it was about your friends and, and if somebody had success, wonderful, we did good, but we played cards, we had good food told good stories, them old fellas run me ragged going down through looking for some 13 or 14-year-old girl that never existed, <laughs> and uh, dear eyes that I was uh, too afraid to go see, and yeah. and, uh, and all of that left uh, obviously really fond memories for me growing up, and, and if you can get kids to, to experience that, and it's not politics and hunting, it's it's just uh, I like that part of northern hunting. It's what I really
0: like. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think there's a movement back towards that. Uh, quite honestly, I think now the 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 high dollar leases and all of that big business. It's still yeah, it's always going to be there. It's here. It was here before, just in a different form. Guys went on safaris and all kinds of stuff. That's right. It's always been around the the money man's game, right yeah. it, that's always been around. but I think you see a resurgence in a lot of the folks that are putting out good content on YouTube and that kind of stuff these days where it's about the it's about the team effort, you know and it's a little more we got a killer instinct and we're out you know a little less playing cards and a little more obsessing over maps to figure out where to hunt. That's right, but the camaraderie piece is making a return. That's so, right, which I think is good. <laughs>
1: a couple, I got to tell you, you might go long, but that's too. Yeah, bad. that's all right. You figure it out. <laughs> I'll tell you a couple of things that came to mind, and, and one of them is back in the '80s, and and Leroy Stand. He used he'd come in for lunch, and uh, now he was the first one. He got a three wheeler. Used before that, it was snowmobiles. But then it warmed up and we didn't have as many much snow for snowmobiles and nobody had one anyway so they wouldn't bring it. He got a three-wheeler and he'd come back and forth and then he got a four-wheeler when it's time. I don't know at the end because I wasn't hunting there anymore. But uh, he came in one day from a stand where I had shot that deer and uh, he, uh, he's sitting there and he goes, I know them deer right there, right now. He said, I, gu- I guarantee it, they're sitting out there right now. Probably that old bear, he had a bear coming around one year. He said, "He said, you'd think. He said, wouldn't it be good if we had some way of, of being able to take a picture of what's there when you're not there? So many years before <laughs> cameras were ever a thought yeah. in somebody's mind. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then the talk went from around the table from these guys. And they said, yeah, even be better if we can be sitting right here. And see what's going on there now, and <laughs> and, and they have like, yeah, some sort of bell or something. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, you know, not even contemplating on what could be, but the idea for this start. I mean, didn't start there, but people were having that kind of thoughts. And and the other story that comes to mind is uh, is uh, you know there was no hunting shows. We had uh, there was a there was one outdoor michigan or something came on three or four times a year that i remember other than that you're talking about the national shows mutual of omaha or something like that that come on a few times a year where they talk about animals and get to deer they were talking about mule deer why are they mule deer I don't know. I think they have hooves like mules. <laughs> <And> <laughs> these are conversations I heard the old fellas talking yeah. about. Yeah. We had no idea. And, and that was back in the 80s. And it's just, it's a different world. Of course, technology has, has taught us everything. Yep. Yep. But, um, but even those thought processes back then and, and uh, how, how you bring all that forward. and, and uh, But it, it, it's, it's really better, Joshua, it's really better if we don't worry about what we kill, and we go, and we'll go about it for the, for the enjoyment, the peacefulness of it, the camaraderie, and uh, and man, I can't wait till those kids are old enough to go hunting with me.
0: Yeah, it's, I I am really excited about that. You know, like. Those things, the the peacefulness of it, the camaraderie, like those are the things that, unless you join the wrong hunting camp, people can't take from you. People people can't come, you know, fall of this year, let's say, if we're able to make it down. People can't come and take away that experience, Mm. the camaraderie that we're going to have hanging out here, swapping stories about what we saw, hearing about Hadley going and sitting in a stand with you or whatever, you know, hearing hearing that experience through a seven or at that time, she'll be eight yeah, year olds right. eyes. Um, you know, you may or may not get a deer, but you can always have the experience. I
1: remember that time when you went back, you killed that deer back in the field. I heard you shoot. I was up there with your daughter. Yep. yep. And um, and I was leaving and you said, where's your gun? I said, I ain't taking a gun. I'm not shooting anything. We're going to sit and watch a deer. You said good luck with that. Cause she's going to want you to shoot a deer. She's uh-huh. about four or something. Yep, yep. And so I took headphones and I took a shotgun and uh, sat in a blind that we set up for because she couldn't get up in the stand with me. And uh, so we set it all up that that morning. <laughs> and here comes a deer, and I said, "Hadley, Hadley, here comes a deer." She's watching Paw Patrol or something on the phone. She looks up. She goes. I want to shoot it. I said, "But Hadley, don't you just want to watch it? It's pretty." No, I want to shoot it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I pull the shotgun off, and I, and I, I get a an aim. And it goes click. I was like, oh man, I didn't even load the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna shoot a deer uh, that night if it, my life depended on it, but she wanted to do it, so I—I I, I didn't even know I didn't load the gun. Was, uh, but I had no intention of shooting it. Finally, you shot, so she got some excitement with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, she got to come track that buck.
1: Yep. Yeah, and, uh, but I, you know, it can be as simple, Josh, as I was waiting for you to get out of the backfield one one day, and it takes you forever because you got that little diaper or whatever you wear.
0: On hey, I'm a lot faster down. now. I'm a lot faster now.
1: But you you It took me a out. while that season. And I was looking at the pond. And I was just looking, and the steam was coming off the pond. The wind was coming in my face, and the steam was going the opposite direction. And yep. we learned a little bit. I'm not sure what we learned, but we learned a little bit about the air currents.
0: Yep. Well, remember, um, I, I, I remember coming out, and I said, I said, Brian, the, the wind was not supposed to be good for where I was at. But because of where I was sitting on the field, my wind was pulling right back down into that swamp. Yeah. I could feel it when I got in there, even though the wind was forecasted to be the other direction, I ended up sitting on the swamp side That's right. and it pulled my wind right down into there. And when I, when I walked up, I had noticed that that hunt and when I walked up, you were watching the same thing off the pond. Yeah. You're watching the, yeah. the, you know, the wind currents take it in a different direction. So yeah. Really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. those are the memories, right?
0: That's right, that's so. right. And and yeah, speaking of of Hadley, you're gonna have to kill something with her because this morning I got up to go turkey hunting and she saw me getting ready to walk walk out of the room. She Said, "Dad, where are you going?" I said, "I'm going turkey hunting, baby." I said, "I want to go." <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious! Well, let me. Uh, well, I'll take you in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you get, you get on turkeys. We don't have a lot of turkeys down at this. Every now you know, I'll see a bunch of turkeys in a field, and I don't pay attention to them in spring, but I imagine there's some toms around.
0: Oh, yeah, there's got to but, be. Uh, I think they just pass through. I think the population's at a point here where they're, you know, and we see it up there where we're at. They're nomadic. Yeah. You know, they'll be on this f- field this week, and then the next week you'll see the same three strutting toms, you know, a mile down the road or half a mile down the road. I think they're nomadic here, too. It's just not a lot of them.
1: A lot of turkey hunters down here will throw out cracked corn. Mm. I don't know how a turkey finds it, but I guess because they're nomadic and they'll come up upon it in some areas and they'll just hang around those,
0: I think. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. This was a good one. Thank you. Thanks for coming on.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.